Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scene learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, inspiration, and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six-week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Tom McGrath from Family Farmstead. Tom, welcome to the show. Hi, yep. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, excited to have you on. Excited to hear your journey. You've got some interesting products that I would love to have you dive in. Can we just kick it off, first of all, for you to just talk to me about Family Farmstead and what your business is all about? Sure, sure. Yep. So my wife and I own and operate a dairy farm in upstate New York. And our farm is certified organic, 100% grass-fed. Um, and we've been farming here. It's actually, we, we bought the farm from my parents. And my wife and I have been running the farm for 10 years now. And recently, two years ago, we decided to launch our own brand, basically in an effort to kind of preserve the small family farms in New York and in our local region. Um, everything scaled towards basically commodified dairy products. And we felt like there was definitely an opportunity and a, a, a void in the shelf, if you would, for a A2, 100% grass-fed, local, and then minimally processed milk. We want to keep our milk as natural as possible. Um, so we kind of were inspired there. And we borrowed some money and got started building our own processing plant on our farm. And we've now been bottling milk for a little over a year now and selling it regionally here in the Northeast. Okay, you mentioned something there that a lot of people might not have heard about before, A2 milk. What exactly is A2 milk? Okay, so there's different kinds of protein in milk. And two of the main proteins, it's there's an A1 strand and an A2 strand. It's a beta casein protein. And originally, all cows used to make only A2 protein. That's all that was in their milk. And then a couple hundred years ago, a genetic mutation came through and it caused this A1 variant um, to start being, you know, produced in the cow's milk. 
And research is now showing that the A1 protein in the milk is a lot harder to digest and more unnatural for people's stomachs to handle. So people think, a lot of people think they're lactose intolerant or that they can't digest milk. It's the A1 protein that's the problem. So we can test all of our cows. It's a gene, just like any other gene. So you can pull a hair sample and just do a genetic test on the cow to verify that it's producing only A2 protein. Interestingly, human breast milk, they say, is only A2 protein, which I think that you know, speaks a lot about how that's important for our bodies. So we tested our cows. Roughly, if you just went into a random farm and tested the cows, 30 to 40% of those cows are going to make A2 milk, and the rest are going to make A1 milk. So we tested our cows, and about half and half is how it ended up here. And we sold off the cows that made the A1 protein to other farms, and we just concentrated the A2 genes in our herd. So now it's 100% A2, and we have a closed herd. And that's, yeah, that's how we landed with the A2. Huh. And I've heard so many stories, too, from consumers and emails and calls saying, you know, I haven't been able to drink milk in 10 years. We've tried every kind of milk, organic, this, that, and they couldn't digest milk until they actually had our A2 milk. So that's like really awesome to hear and rewarding to hear for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're like giving this product back to people that they love and thought that they couldn't have it anymore. And that's, that's amazing for these people. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to see. It's, it's encouraging. Is A2 milk, do you have a lot of competitors in this space or are you one of the only ones in the region really pushing this out right now? So it, yeah, it's definitely new, new in like the past 10 years. There is a big conventional company called the A2 Milk Company and they've been around for a number of years now. But so far as an organic 100% grass-fed A2 milk, yeah, we are the only the only ones on the shelf that I know of in most of our stores. And that's, I think, important too. Like the people that are looking for the A2 milk are also the people that realize the benefits of organic and grass-fed and local. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it seems like right now as everyone is looking for better for you options, this is a natural way for people to have not only A2 milk, but organic and grass fed. That makes so much sense. Yeah, yep, definitely. And like to add to the digestibility of the milk, we are like super stringent and really believe in minimally processing our milk. So most milk you see on the shelves, it'll be ultra pasteurized or high temperature pasteurized and ultra pasteurized milk. It's, you know, up well over 200 degrees. It's heated up to and milk proteins over 150 to 160 degrees. If they're heated above that, they denature. So the proteins get all wacky and that also, you know, inhibits or causes problems with the digestion, digestion of the milk. Um, so we go to the state minimum to kill pathogens, which is 145 degrees. And that's where we pasteurize our milk. And then we, we do not homogenize it. Uh, that's another process where they, they mash the milk through a screen to break up all the particles to be a uniform size. And then you don't see the cream separate in your milk. And most people, you know, that's what they want now is they want that, you know, standardized product, but it's just not natural. And again, it's not the way your body would, would normally recognize milk. So it seems like a lot of people's lactose intolerance is actually just, a, I don't know, processed food. Oh, Their body oh, is not taking it. Yeah. And it's so sad for like us as 
family dairy farmers to hear more and more stories and our friends and family, oh no, we don't drink milk anymore, just doesn't settle well. Or, or they hear the horror stories of the big conventional farms, which that's true too. And it's true that it doesn't settle well, but it, that's because it's so unnatural and so processed. Mm. And you know, a lot of the times, like the cows that make this milk, their diets are so far out of whack that yeah, it gets into the milk and and I wouldn't necessarily want to drink all milk either, um, <laughs> but there is a better option, right? Like you right. can get to know your farmer and know where your milk comes from and support something that's, you know, regenerating farms and land and animals and communities. Yeah. It, it makes such a huge, huge difference. What the cows are putting in their body, what you're doing with that afterwards in terms of processing and how that impacts us. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. Okay, so this is a product that a lot of people, like milk as a whole, some people are like, I don't really drink milk, as you've kind of pointed out. Um, and some people do know about A2, others don't. It sounds like you have to potentially educate people on why they need this. Talk to me this about how it. you're doing <clears throat> that. How are you getting people to know about your milk and getting them to pick it up? All right. Yeah, so that's definitely one of our biggest challenges is consumer education. And just to be honest with you, we're definitely lacking there right now. Being trying to be the farmer and the processor and the, the branding, it's I've got to bring in some help there. So right now it's our website. We've done a lot of work on our website, put a lot of details about our milk on our website. So that's like the number one place where you're going to find really the, the meat and potatoes of the meal there, where you're going to learn the most about our cows and our practices and then we'll do, you know, newsletters and emails and things, blogs and things like that. But I don't have time right now to be kind of out in the field doing all sorts of, well, and COVID as well. That made it challenging with demos. Yeah. That's been hurt, hurting us a lot, actually. Um, yeah, because if you've been doing this for, you know, oh, you mentioned a little bit of time doing this specifically. Did you launch it like right before COVID? Oh, well, yeah, we did. We launched February 1st. Like... <laughs> last year. So we actually, we we're doing in-store demos for a month. And those first 30 stores that we were able to go in and meet the people and get it started, they're still doing amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something we want to get back to, yeah. um, getting to meet the consumers and tell them our story. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Because once you hear the story and you recognize the difference, it it brings back that trust factor to the whole two parts of the industry and makes you want to buy this product again yeah, that people people grow up on right people grow up on milk. Right. people love milk and to have that and kind of healthy in it. yeah exactly uh it, it's such a eye-opener for people i can't wait for sampling to start happening again so you can get this in front of more <laughs> people and get them experiencing your milk yeah. And the benefits too, I feel like are they're like so far reaching, even outside of just the bottle of milk, like our cows being 100% grass fed and managed rotating, you know, we rotate them through the pastures and graze them that way. Their average life is easily 10 years old, where the facts are the data is a conventional cow, the average lifespan is four years old. And that cow is just burnt out and from unhealthy living conditions and making so much milk. Um, so the benefits are there for the animal. They're there for the soils and our ecosystems because we're basically mimicking how the animal would be in nature. You know, they're outside, they're moving, they're roaming from one place to the next. And we're not plowing up the soil, releasing carbon into the atmosphere. So we, we have a good carbon sink. And 
our communities. You're giving, you know, a place for kids that want to come and learn or work and experience hands-on, you know, farming. That's uh, that's something that's disappearing, you know, throughout the countries is mm. that backbone of these small communities. So that's what we're hoping to kind of bring some life to. Yeah, and that is absolutely needed. I mean, farming is something that the country is built on and we need it that's right. right in our backyard, right? Absolutely. Yep. And Definitely. I've seen on your website, you've got two little ones and I'm sure they absolutely love that they get to yeah. be a part of this. That's right. Yeah. Four now, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of years, <laughs> but they do. No, that's, that's like the main reason my wife and I actually were drawn back to the family farm is we're like, there's no better place to raise our children mm-hmm. than on a farm. Mm-hmm. And like the life lessons and it's just so humbling. And then you, we get to like eat like Kings, you know, all of our own beef and pork and eggs and chickens and then milk. And it's just, yeah, it's a good life. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The financial okay. part, we're still trying to figure out, but <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there, I think. Well, and that's, and that, all, that's every sorry, food that, business, whether yeah, you're that's, in that nice that. situation or, or not. Right. Yep. And we're working really hard not to, you know, hand away large portions of our business or hardly any, um, because we're, we don't want to lose any control over mm-hmm. everything we've worked so hard to build here. So it's a little slower growth and we might not have all the marketing dollars to do everything we want, but um, at least it's, it's ours. Yeah, absolutely. What's been one of the biggest lessons that you have experienced? And I mean, the last 10 years since you took the farm back and then in the last year since you've specifically launched this retail line. Oh, farming lessons. Boy, (laughs) that there's just so much to learn. Like you Mm. think some people like even myself, you think, oh, yeah, you're going to get a grip on it. Like you just let the cows out and they eat the grass and you milk them. There's so there's such a science to it, like working with the, the grass and how how tall you graze it, how short you graze it, the soils, the science, the you know nutrients in the soil. Like we we do some fertilizing with some trace minerals, and it's all organic fertilizer. But keeping just kind of keeping everything rolling along smoothly on a farm is is a challenge. Um, there's always just cows are getting out in the road in the middle of the night, stuff like that going on. So trying to just kind of build something that's just solid is is what we've been working at and it's been challenging, but we're, we're, we've made huge improvements there. And that's actually what's freed up a lot of my time to launch the brand and build the plant is we Mm. finally got the farm, you know, well managed. And then the brand getting the the brand going here, boy, cash flow is to be honest with you. That's been our biggest challenge is as we grow, you know, like we're three times the amount of milk right now as we were last year at this time. So growth is happening but then to to pay for that growth we're just paying for it out of our pocket with the cash flow so that's been that's been a challenge and i kind of wish i had something in place for that immediately like we're, we're figuring that out right now um but managing that has been you know definitely a big challenge yeah absolutely it's like this chicken and chicken and egg situation of growing you sometimes yeah. need the money to grow, but then you can't grow without the money and you kind of get stuck in this little zone sometimes of how do you fuel that growth that you know that there is, you know, the opportunity for. That's right. That's right. And what is your vision for where you see this company going in the coming years? What, you know, COVID's done. We're back to whatever normal looks I hope like. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hope we reach so. that point, what's your what's your vision for the company in, in five years out? 
So our vision, I mean, we really want to maintain our status as a regional brand. Like, I feel like it's tempting and we've already have temptations there to like, oh yeah, just get in all of our, you know, 300 locations and lower your price 10% and we'll make it happen. And it's like, as soon as you become a national brand, my feeling is, and I just, what I see from other brands is that the influence from the markets and the distributors and, and even the FDA, like you have to ultra pasteurize your milk to, to cross mm-hmm. the Mississippi river. So it's like all of a sudden there goes our gently, you know, low temperature pasteurized milk. And we really believe too in like local food systems and regional food systems. So where do I want to see us be, you know, successfully buying milk from 10 farms around us and supplying, you know, three to 400 stores here in the Northeast. I'd be happy with that for now. Like, I, I mean, yeah. human nature is you always want more and more and more. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know what would happen when we got there, but, but that's where I'd like to see us, you know, get to. And I'd like to see us develop more relationships with direct-to-consumer businesses mm. um, like CSAs, home delivery CSAs, and, you know, drop points and, you know, fresh direct, stuff like that, where you can have a little more of an opportunity to share your story with the consumer and it's already the right the people that are you know interested in local family farms. Yeah, and people are so looking for that story right now and they want that that type of food so i'm excited to watch you grow and get into more people's homes so that they can have this product uh, as part of their daily life and and that's the wonderful thing about product like yours too is it's it's a daily consumption type of product and that's that's a great place to be from a business owner for sure and so right now we're just doing fluid milk but we're going to be launching kefir a planting of vanilla kefir here in the next two months and we want to do a cream top yogurt and eventually some cheeses and possibly ice cream. That's awesome. And all yeah. in the A2, A2 yep. sphere. Huh. That's that right. is so great. I love that. I think there's like cheese lovers and dairy lovers yeah. all over. Like, yes, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I know myself. I'm someone who loves cheese. It oh, is- yeah one of my weaknesses in life. And sometimes, you know, my stomach doesn't feel great after, but it's worth it. It's cheese. Huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, maybe the A2, you're going to feel good. I once. know. Yeah. The A2, I'll be like, this is home run for me. I'm in luck. <laughs> cool. Well, anyone, uh, for anyone who's listening, who is thinking of, hey, maybe I want to, you know, create a retail product with the um with where i am right now with my farm or if they're just looking to create a product for the first time to begin with or they're in those early stages what advice would you have for those people uh my advice probably would be just to make sure it's something that nobody else has Mm. and like i knew how good our milk is and the quality of our quality of our milk but that doesn't mean that everybody else is going to. And that was kind of part of us really going the extra distance of selling the A1 cows and guaranteeing A2 was that uh, we've got to have something that nobody else has. And that would probably be my advice is make sure you're, you're carving something out that nobody, nobody else has. That really helps you get in the door too with these stores, you know, the retails. So. Yeah, absolutely. That makes it a lot, a lot easier. Yep. And how do you manage, um, how do you manage like running a family business? Some people say they wouldn't do it any other way. 
other people are like, oh, maybe this is tough. Like, how do you guys manage and divide work and, and manage that relationship? Uh, well, thank God. I've got a yeah really good support system here. My dad still helps a lot. Um, all kinds of family members come and help here. You know, we all realize that, oh, I don't know how to put this, but you got to make sacrifices to get somewhere like, and everybody's willing to, to do their part of making the sacrifice to work hard, work as a team, as a unit. And with the same end goal is just for us all to be successful and profitable. And in the meantime, like have this amazing product for other families to enjoy. So yeah, it's been, I'm not going to lie. It is challenging managing the business aspect and all the people it really is. But at the end of the day, it, it could always be worse. So you got to try, you have to keep a positive attitude. Um, otherwise everybody around you is just going to fall apart, but right. <laughs> it's cool. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just like put that on sometimes, even in, in your mind, you're like, how are we going to do this? You're like, yeah. we're going to get through this guys. Yep. That's right. That's right. Perseverance. Oh. Like you better, you better have a strong backbone because yeah, the number of challenges just over the first two years here, it's, but as long as you're willing to realize a challenge is coming and do whatever it takes to get through it, you get through it and it's, you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. You get, and you get a little stronger for the next Absolutely. challenge that's going to come because there's always going to be another one, right? Absolutely. That's right. That's right. That is definitely, definitely part of it, but it's well worth it, especially when you have a great mission, which you do, and a great product, which you do that you can stand behind. So uh, is there anything else that you want to share with everyone today as we wrap up our conversation? No, just get to know your farmers and your food systems. I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of the what I'd like to see more of. And we want to do some field days here down the road and, and get out and get to know where your food comes from and educate yourselves. Because I mean, there's so much to learn about, you know, grass fed, organic A2, every type of food, chicken, beef, that you really, you know, I think that'd be beneficial for everybody to learn more. 100% get to know our local food system makes a huge, huge difference in our local farmers. Yeah. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about Family Farmstead and they want to learn more about your A2 milk? Where where can they discover you? And if they're in the region, where can they find you to pick some up? Sure, sure. All right. So our website is familyfarmsteaddairy.com. And that's where you're going to you know get to see the most about us and our family and our farm. And where you can find our products, Whole Foods Northeast region, we're in all 51 locations. We're also in Uncle Giuseppe's, uh, DeChico and Sons, Mom's Organic Market, Flocktown CSA, they, they do really well with their milk. So also, if you get on our website, there's a find our product uh, tab that you can click on and you're going to see, you know, the list of stores. There's a lot of independent stores too that carry our products and co-ops and, and things of that nature. Yeah, so that's where you can find us. Perfect. Well, encourage everyone to go and check that out. And I have to say, when I was on your website, I've never seen happier cows than I see them. They are so, they're like, literally look like they're prancing on there. I love it. I was like... Come visit. I was going to say, you're doing field field days? I'm going to come do a field day. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. 
Tom, thank you for all that you're doing for the food industry. And thank you for sharing your journey today and wishing you tons of success. Cannot wait to see more people consuming your products on there. All right. All right. Thank you, Angela. Yeah, this was great and appreciated. So thanks. Very good. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.